I think I think California traffic is does wonders for my self esteem because when I think <laughs> when I get down on myself and I'm like, man, I'm not good or anything. I, I suck. Like, I, I just think like I, I can drive in California. Like, I haven't gotten in a crash here yet. You're right. That's a feat. that's a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, honestly, like there's a lot of people who've never seen this kind of traffic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's terrifying from like yeah. being not from here and moving here and driving and doing all of that is so scary because driving here is a totally different beast in and of itself. Like in most places that I've been around, at least, and I don't know if this is like this in the whole country, but at least in the Midwest, you don't have to get on the expressway for like anything why is it there um when you're there you go on county highways which Mm -hmm. are like at the most two-laned two-sided roads um that go probably 50 miles an hour and then you can get anywhere that way and usually you go back roads to avoid traffic on the expressways here you go on the expressways to avoid traffic Mm -hmm. and it's kind of just because there's traffic everywhere i feel like here but you guys also have so many more expressways than anywhere else and also there's like four or five different words for the big roads that you guys go on but I don't think you guys use any of the words I use. Well, I mean, I grew up, they were all interchangeable. Like, mm-hmm. I asked my parents, like, what's the difference between a highway and a freeway? And they were like, not a lot. Like, That's just, really just say whatever you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mine But too. I remember we had a discussion about how, like, you, it might have been you. Like, there were specific definitions for each word. Like, what defined? Um kind of we do use interchangeably some of them some of them they're like intuitive but you use the word anyways um Mm -hmm. like we use the words freeway tollway expressway and interstate all interchangeably even though there are a few that are different so the only difference between a freeway and a tollway is a tollway has tolls and a freeway is free but yeah. besides that, they're all the same road. But we so we use it okay. all interchangeably. <laughs> so, um, topic of discussion for today: okay. uh, theater. I really want to talk about theater. Yeah, in general. Um, I wanted to start with a discussion about uh, the giant musicals that have been sweeping the nation recently. Ooh. Like um, two specifically, Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Um, because I think, like, people say Hamilton was like, um, oh, it's the, it's the Rent of today. But I feel like Rent was a big thing for people who were into theater. And it was, like, the show for people who had already done some theater and, like, knew about the world and were, were into it already. But Hamilton, like... It's like a nationwide thing. It's like It's a, big for everybody, yeah. yeah. And then... Dear Evan Hansen came out and it was like oh it's another good musical but then it did the same thing like Hamilton kind of got everyone into musicals enough that Dear Evan they Hansen could be yeah like it could be mm-hmm. big as a musical but also big just as a, a piece of art like yeah. just as uh, entertainment and I kind of don't like the trend like really? I feel like it's going to make 
uh, it's going to encourage more musicals of that style of uh, let's get some big name actor or just writer just really famous writer or anything mm-hmm. and just write like the next giant hit and not like not create like whatever you want to create like create the money maker the one yeah uh, i d- think yeah. you make an interesting point about that because i see i see what you're coming from on that and i see what you're kind of intending and what you're meaning with that mm-hmm. but part of that is also ignoring some of the other stuff that's been going on on broadway real like as of late and the things that have been going on because recently I actually just exposed one of my friends for the first time to Hamilton uh, Mm -hmm. and she loved it. Uh, Spoiler alert. If you don't know the story of Hamilton, if you've never seen it, heard it, do anything, uh, skip forward a couple seconds. Um, But she actually ended up like sobbing the same like the first time she listened to the whole thing she ended up sobbing um when philip dies and Hmm. it was such an incredible experience to see someone listen to it again for the first time because it's been so long since i've had that opportunity um but there are also a lot of musicals and you use the way you said it reminded me there have been a couple musicals as of lately that have been written by pretty big names but they haven't gotten the reception that, like, Hamilton or Dear Evan Hansen has. Uh, specifically, Waitress okay. comes to mind, where it was big, but it was still, like, a theater community who knew it was big. Because yeah, that was written entirely, the music, at least, I think, was written entirely by Sarah Bareilles. Yeah. Hmm. I think... The only two really big musicals that have come out that I think follow this pattern are the two that I mentioned, are Dear Evan Hansen and mm-hmm. Hamilton. And I haven't I haven't listened to Waitress at all. I know that mm-hmm. I think I've heard like a little bit of one song from it. Um, but I don't think it falls into the same category. I think mm-hmm. it came out around the same time and it, it definitely is it was created, I feel, because someone wanted to write it, not yeah. because I don't know. Dear Evan Hansen, like, it seemed like the kind of thing, um, I, I would compare it a little bit to, uh, 13 Reasons Why, season two. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it felt like it came out because musicals were a hit and, uh, someone had a story to tell and wanted to, like, send a message, but then there were also producers who wanted it out there because they knew it would make, would make money and they knew they could get a big name actor to do it and... Mm-hmm. They they wanted to advertise it, and it really was, I think, the advertising that made it so much different. Because, like waitress, I didn't hear crap about, but yeah. Dear Evan Hansen, uh, I could not stop seeing ads everywhere, like on iTunes, on Spotify, on YouTube. Like it was everywhere when it came out, and that wasn't an accident. Like they did that on purpose, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like I just don't want the trend of uh, Broadway musicals. Uh, becoming as big of hits as uh, like the marvel universe like movies have like hollywood has kind of adapted to that trend of we're gonna make the biggest greatest thing ever and that's it's too late to change that like uh 
Yeah, there's no going back from that's, that trend. That's gonna that's gonna happen. Like, and it's kind of working, honestly. Like, it's, it's, it's they're making good bit, movies. So, but they've also reached yeah. a peak where they know, like, people people in the film industry are scared that it's going to destroy the movie industry. Is because there are blockbusters yeah. coming out every single season. Uh huh. And when you've got like a production company that's as big and powerful as Marvel, like, what about what happens when they run out of ideas? Like, you can't yeah. write all of the comics and forever. Then, like, it's. Yeah gonna go bad eventually you're gonna have to find something new to do and but i feel like the nature of a musical or the nature of of stage theater allows that to not be a problem you know what i mean it just takes so much time and it takes so much time to make good movies Mm. don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do to speed up the process of producing and writing and creating shows whereas Mm -hmm. The movie industry has gotten the groove of writing and producing and then filming and then distributing movies and that and also uh, with with non-live performances you can you can uh, make so much of the process so much more efficient with computers like you don't need people doing all the steps you can have a lot of it automated (laughs) and you can do everything at once you can record Mm -hmm. several scenes at the same time on different lots with different crews Meanwhile, stage productions, you're going to have a few different crews, you're going to have a few different casts, and it's going to be a learning process for all of them. You have to go through so many different trials just to get your show on a stage where people are actually going to watch it, let alone something like Broadway. Hmm. So, I don't know, I wouldn't be as scared of it turning into a movie... uh, A movie... Um... A movie enterprise as you were kind of saying hmm. but i can i don't know because you've got to weigh the positives and the negatives because where i can understand where it's like oh we grew up with this we took the time to learn what it means to be in theater and what it means to produce this kind of thing and we have that intrinsic appreciation for it which really makes it feel like it's like it's ours that's a place of entertainment that we are so familiar with that we have decided to call it home in a lot of situations. But also that the the rising popularity means that shows are going to be on main stages for much longer. Casts are going to get paid a lot more. More people are going to be needed for traveling shows, for tours of the shows. There's going to be international yep. versions of it and general publication and mass media covering this kind of thing i think it brings to light a lot of the positives of theater that people don't think about Mm -hmm. even if they're not aware that it's happening to them like many people who study and who are very like into theater are aware of it i still think it's good to have that exposure so Yeah, I don't know. But I can also see what you're saying with I don't want people to start making things and putting all of this time into something because it's going to be popular. But then, I mean, I, I it, that trend has probably been in the making for years. And I mean, we're only 18 years old, 19. But like, yeah, uh, that's, uh, yeah, we might just be seeing the, the end of it. Yeah, and it's part of it is the, the nature of the entertainment industry is things are always moving forward and you're going to want to work on projects, but 
a lot of projects you're going to work on are going to be, uh, you're doing a really good job at this because we want you to make money. Like, the entertainment industry is making money. and Yeah, it's a business just like anything else. That's, that's It's just fair. a business that judges people based on appearance, <laughs> based on talent. And they're not afraid to tell you yes or no, you're, you are, you're not talented enough. Yeah. So, well, what do you think about it from... The opposite side. Because, okay, so a little bit of backtracking for both of us. We've said it before that we both have some theater experience. But both of us have very similar theater experiences where (laughs) different situations applying. But myself, I was, I started backstage. I did costume, hair, and makeup. And then I did pretty much a mixture of run crew and set and stuff like that. And then moved on to directing, acting, and performing. And I kind of did all of them at once at the same time. And throughout, like, those years, like, I just, I started holding positions in my department. And then I was eventually the president of our department. And so I was organizing events and making sure that everyone got together and auditions and helping make sure those run smoothly. But you also, like, you did that as well from what we yeah did, i was right? i i did i did about the same thing you know i also started in tech i got uh really heavily into into lighting design and uh that was what i focused on during high school uh but then i also i also liked to audition and, and act in the shows and um, apparently i was pretty good so i kept getting into them um but uh yeah i think i think we both have a uh producer's point of view from theater like like i think we both kind of uh, got the full picture of how to put a production together not just like learning how to act or, or learning how to do tech but like how to build a a full-on performance like yeah. from scratch how to know you need stage. to know enough about everyone else's job to at least be able yeah. to hold a conversation with them about it yeah so in that sense like yeah and, and i think that's where the logistics of it is where i'm like yes i want more people to see this kind of stuff but also, then the other side of me, like the cliche, stereotypical starving artist, is I just want my piece to really resonate with people. You feel me? I want it I to mean something. It to mean something, man. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and I think this discussion also. I, I think I think philosophically, like you kind of have to discuss like what is is there like a right way to make theater like because mm-hmm. uh, the the giant million dollar broadway productions are not necessarily wrong and Mm -hmm. our uh, tiny high school shows are also not wrong and like one is clearly better but (laughs) (laughs) but uh, they're both valid art pieces i suppose Mm -hmm. and and really the the right way that i would be fighting for is just the way that i know like it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. yeah yeah intrinsically better production method yeah when it comes to this kind of like popular show though, I do I do think it's really easy for artists to get stuck in the cycle in the nature of I want my piece to be really touching or really gritty or I, there is so much pressure for it to be like this prophetic philosophical idea and then you're just Mm. like you're making it entertainment so people are still getting that message whereas Mm -hmm. sometimes people just like seeing um actors with their hand up a puppet's ass singing about how everyone is a little bit racist yeah and even like avenue q is still a gritty take on 
mm-hmm. satire. So it's it's hard because those are the kinds of things that do get popular a lot of times, and that's the kind of stuff that has the prestige. But Saturday Night Live you know what? is just a bunch of people making stupid jokes that they didn't uh, yeah. think of before. Yeah, you know what? Okay, I actually didn't really think about this until just now, but um, uh, a few days ago I watched the movie Train Spotting. Have you seen it? I have not. Okay, so it's with Ewan McGregor, uh, okay. and it's basically I'm it's sold. it's this yeah this group of uh, mid twenties Scottish friends um, who all do lots of heroin, and okay. uh, that's essentially what the movie's about. It's about a bunch of heroin addicts and and like their lives as heroin addicts. And I don't know why it's called Train Spotting. I probably wasn't paying close enough attention. But they made a second one also. Anyway, I don't think it was that good of a movie. Okay. I think it was it was kind of bland, and it was like it was funny. There were some parts that were that were really weird and 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 silly. And it was like uh, there were a couple of like iconic monologues that I've seen people reference before. Um, like the opening monologue um, is a really really good one. But past that, like it didn't really mean anything. It was just like watching people be stupid and shoot heroin and make some dumb jokes in Scottish accents like and it was violent and it was uh, yeah but I I mean it wasn't like groundbreaking it wasn't it wasn't that good but it's a classic movie Mm -hmm. like uh, people I know have raved about this movie as like oh like train spotting like one of the greatest movies of all time like it's it's so good you have to see train spotting and like it's not like it's okay I don't think I've ever heard of Train Spotting. But then again, I say the same thing about Shawshank Redemption, and I get mm-hmm. the same response about Shawshank Redemption, where <laughs> people I'll say are like, like, "Oh, what is that?" This is okay. Well, uh, but I think it's it's kind of shows uh, uh, like there's a modern trend that every piece of art has to have this deeper, relevant meaning. Mm-hmm. Like you can't make something just because, and those kinds of things. I think used to be valid and catch on and like get popular. Mm-hmm. Like people watch things just because they were good and like someone made them and mm-hmm. it looks fancy. And like, that's all, that was all a piece of art needed to be was like, or a piece of Ooh, performance needed to be. It was like pinky and get the investors interested kind of art. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the newer trend, I think. And that's, that's I think more what I'm worried about is that mm. is that we're we're moving into a a world where performance is always going to be like all right let's sit down and watch this new like amazing film and not just like hey want to like chill out and like have a movie on in the background that means nothing like I don't I haven't seen hey, any of those let's go watch John dies at the end <laughs> yeah any of those like background weird like yeah stupid movies that are new like. Where did the avant-garde uh, movement go? What, what do you mean by avant-garde? Like, where did the expressionism and the French New Wave and the abstract mo- like movie and performance genres go in art? Because I feel like they had their moment, and a big part of them was... Yes, like, a part of it was, oh, look at our nitty-gritty, deeper meaning, but then... There was like the whole second half of it where some people were doing that, but then the other people were like, "Hey, this has nothing. Let's just make a weird ass movie." And I don't know. I kind of I don't know. I think the improv 
person in me is like, I just want to mess around one day and have someone just as entertained as someone yeah. who's like, who wants to go around flaunting saying, oh, and I that's, know all of the hidden meanings. That's, that's possible. But I think, I think that's something that, that's the risk that not a lot of people are willing to take today is that like that kind of movie isn't really widely accepted anymore. So no one's making those anymore. Uh, but I think they still have potential. I think I think there are a lot of classics that follow that that pattern. I think um, our generation there was a... is pretentious enough to buy it, anyways, even if they don't. Oh yeah, even if it sucked, <laughs> like we'd we totally still get like, it. Like, oh, this is such great depth to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you, producers. We'll buy anything. <laughs> we'll buy anything, and we mean anything. Uh, there was this weird trend in a couple of '90s movies where. Um, the, the the dream sequence, which is a, a it's co- it's code in live theater for I want the lights to flash a little bit and I don't want any front light and it's just gonna like be weird and ominous, but it's gonna be like the same as the rest of the play. Um, but in in movies, uh, like usually, you know, every every individual movie has like its own style of dream sequence. Like every every designer will will do their own little like sound editing or, or lighting or like different camera work to make it feel like a dream um whereas in live theater there is a standard way to do a dream in movies it's kind of up in the air for everybody uh but in the 90s there was this weird trend where dream sequences there was a way to do them and the way was uh have a a close-up of your your main actor's face like looking around all scared like because it was (laughs) it was usually a nightmare Um, and then overlay like some uh like 50 percent opacity like in uh, Titus Andronicus is the movie that comes to mind, and in that okay. one they had like tigers like jumping at you and roaring, and you just saw um, uh, Titus's face like, oh no, oh god, and, and like it was just weird like animations that were made on like mid '90s computers, just like flashing over the screen, <laughs> and that trend like followed through like a few different movies in that time, and if you like if you go back, you can find some B-list movies that will do that. Kind of that like was the dream sequence look of things or i don't yeah i guess there are well i mean there are always trends to art so that doesn't surprise me per se but i can see where like there are always phases where certain situations certain applied uh choices make appearances to invoke other situations like using overstimulate overstimulation for a dream sequence or that kind of thing i'm sorry you cut out for the last five seconds could you say that again yeah it's okay i'm not entirely certain where i was going with it anyways okay that's cool yeah but also just because i don't know how to i don't know how to quite tie everything in together um yeah me neither let's just stop talking about this and then i want to talk about shakespeare so oh my let's just goodness, like I love yeah that boy billy okay, shakes cool. let's talk about him let's talk about shakespeare in in lieu of a transition we'll just instead of transitioning effortlessly yeah and pleasing our <laughs> listeners ears we will instead negate the entire transition and <laughs> you as our consumer will listen anyways yes so now we're uh now we're talking about shakespeare yeah congratulations cool uh, mm-hmm. 15 seconds ago, you were listening to our aimless wandering, and now you were listening to us talk about Shakespeare. Awesome. Here we go. All right.
starting now. now. Favorite Shakespeare quote, go. Ooh, I have to say the your mom jokes. Because <laughs> Shakespeare coined the your mother jokes. The your mother jokes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, from, kind of... from Titus Andronicus. Yeah, yeah. I was that's that's my go to is uh is a villain i feel like i've said this in a podcast before already i I feel like we've talked about this okay that's gonna be a constant (laughs) pressure for me is like we've already talked about this um i'll just go back you wouldn't know because you don't listen to the final cuts (laughs) you're right about that i don't (laughs) anyways Um, anyways no in all reality though i feel like hmm, probably Ooh, I don't know the actual quote off the top of my head, which makes me a horrible Shakespeare fan for as much as I self-proclaim. Um, but Iago's final few words in Othello, because mm-hmm. to me it's just so... I almost said spoiler warning, but like this shit has been out it's for Shakespeare. so long. It's, if you don't know cool. the ending to Shakespeare's plays, I'm sorry. Go back to high school or maybe pick up a book. Um no, but just the end and having the mystery of a villain who who truly doesn't give away the motivation, like not having that release was something that's so cool. I love that idea. Hmm. Um, that was, speaking of villains with no motivation, um, Shakespeare does that a, a few times in, in different plays. Uh, mm-hmm. In Much Ado About Nothing, mm-hmm. God, is it Don John is the evil guy? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It was Keanu Reeves in the movie. Uh, <laughs> what a uh, man. But yeah, um, Keanu Reeves, love the guy. Uh, personally, I think he's a terrible actor. Um, but I want to. I want to see him in more things. I'm sorry, like have I you want seen him. John Wick. It, okay, John Wick was fantastic. Uh, but that's the only thing I've seen. Uh, that and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure are the two mm-hmm. things that Keanu Reeves has done fantastically in. Everything else. His gifts to the world. It's pretty bad. But nevertheless, I love him and I want to see him in more movies. Um, uh, but Don John has no motivation. Like th- his opening monologue is like, "I'm a villain and therefore I must be evil." Like that's he's got a speech where he's like, I think someone straight up asks him like, "Why are you doing this?" And he's like, "It's who I am. Like it's I gotta I have to." Like, and it was like <laughs> that reminds me and, of something, but it's fine. Um, and my. <laughs> Sorry. drama teacher trained me as an actor that uh all characters have motivations so that kind of character in shakespeare plays is really difficult to play so like props to keanu reeves for for getting through it because doesn't know why he's doing My it man. Yeah. anyway what did you think of because i i trailed off <laughs> you said how his opening monologue is just this is who i am and uh from the trailer this isn't like a spoiler or anything uh sandra bullock says the same thing in oceans eight and i (laughs) saw that last night and wait ocean the the movie yes is it out i didn't know that yes it came out on the eighth uh It was uh, so uh, good. Hey, look, that's what they did there. You, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, see, like, that's okay with movies, but I don't want that kind of thing to start happening with Broadway. Like, <laughs> those weird little, like, advertisement quirks. Like, I just want them to make plays and let people come see them. Like, I anyway, continue. I want straight plays to be a thing more. 
Because I do like yeah. musicals getting popular, but I don't think there's been like a nation sweeping straight play. I don't since... think. I don't think so either. God, Death of a Salesman. Like, <laughs> it, was that even like a good straight play to go by? Like, was that? It was a viral. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I mean, the movie adaptations of straight plays make it so much farther than straight plays, which is sad. Um, no, I was just, I saw Ocean's 8 yesterday. That was all I was going to say. I don't, since you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil anything. But it okay. was so good. The most I'll say is it reminded me of watching Ocean's 11 and Ocean's 12 as a kid. Oh, all yeah, right. That's like, good. They did it really well. It felt like okay. watching watching an Ocean's movies. Okay. okay. It felt like watching an Ocean's movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just slurred everything. I'm I'm really excited for it then. That was my that was my biggest concern with it was that they were gonna try and do a remake, but but just pick up a completely different vibe and tone. Ooh, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't for a second. Awesome, fantastic. That was one of those movies that I feel like people either knew it and loved it, or they had no idea it was even a thing that became popular, or they were like, oh, that was awful. And I was personally like, Oceans was a movie franchise that i grew up watching with my parents so mm-hmm. Same. seeing them redo it and redo it with amazing cast members uh, it was so great uh, i need to i need to stay vigilant i ordered a pizza and it should be coming in the next like 20 minutes or so sir and i've got headphones on we have so i don't know how to we have uh, listen i don't know can we brainstorm a little bit how am i gonna figure out when this pizza comes I just, I'm sorry, I need a second to, Sadie, I'm sorry, my dog is also scratching on the floor, so, uh, um, okay, I'm back. Wait, I'll be right back, I think one of my family no. members just got home, I'm gonna, can okay. I, listen, we can just cut this part. No, I don't, do but eat your pizza, that's a whole nother problem we need to talk about. <laughs> Angie, I'm trying so hard. You can't just order a pizza in the middle of our recording. But I'm hungry. David, you ordered a Hang on, pizza. there's someone knocking on my door. Yes, come in. That was very strange. Okay. I'm going to knock on your door and I hear, I'm hungry. There's a, I'm recording a podcast right now. Oh. I can't. Hi, Alan. Yeah. Can she see me? Yes. No. Yes, oh. I can. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Hi, okay, Alan. You're the, you're the solution to all my problems. I ordered a pizza, and it should be coming in the next, like, 15 minutes. But I'm here recording this podcast. Oh my so gosh, when it gets here, I'm could you just, like, answer the door? All of this in. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. I was okay. going to tell you, there's also steak and polenta for some fancy breakfast tomorrow. I, I got fancy breakfast as well. Thank you. Included in your podcast. Okay, cool. Oh, Bye. it's going Bye. in. Love you, Dad. All of this is going in the podcast. <laughs> I can ar- I'm literally already going to title it. It's supposed to David be about other people's pizza. shit. God damn it. Well, maybe you shouldn't order a pizza in the middle of a recording. Then I wouldn't maybe name I should, the podcast. Maybe I should edit, a pizza. edit these. Maybe this is the motivation I need <laughs> to, get to finally edit these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Podcast. Get involved. Uh, at least listen to them. At least listen to one. I want to be like, okay, I feel like when we started recording, I had, I finally realized why there are actors who don't watch their own movies. Mm. Uh, like, because uh, before we'd even recorded anything, like, I had decided in my head, I was like, I don't want to listen to these. Like, I'm considering, I'll consider now, like, I'm, I, I do want to edit at some point, but like, um, uh, and I will listen to it for that. But like, I'm... 
I don't ever want to like listen to the finished products that you edit. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't like, not because to your work <laughs> specifically because I don't like what you do. Yeah, I think that you're a terrible artist and everything you do. But I just felt uh, like yeah. I got stabbed in the heart for like a millisecond that I thought that that was a real insult. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> it was just for like I was saying it too, and I mean it for like half of a millisecond. I was like, "What? Oh, oh, oh! This is a bit. Okay, this is why. This is why yeah. David said I wasn't the funny yeah. one because I don't I, the bits. There we happen. go. <laughs> I also feel like this is a weird thing that we're doing, where I will reference or you will reference the fact that we are in a podcast. Yeah, and we we've talked about some of the back ground kind of things that we do with it like how i do most of the running at the moment and how like just preferences which i think is really interesting because you hear people who do podcasts talking about well oh sorry we're a little late on the upload schedule this was what was happening in my life like and they acknowledge them then but i feel like so far we've acknowledged the fact that we are in a podcast currently right now we are we are just voices trapped inside your phone are you happy are you happy yeah. with this? Here we are. You could be doing We don't actually more. exist as real people. What if this is all completely computer generated and that's why it sucks so much? It's because it's just like They your have phone. that now. They, they do. They have that. What if mm -hmm. we just recorded every possible human sound and we I just typed in this banter between the two of us? Mm -hmm. Are you happy? You own a slave. You own an audible slave. Not sponsored by Audible, by the way. No, we don't have that money. No. Anyways, if you want to free us, uh, you can order a Domino's pizza, just cheese, to my <laughs> address. <laughs> uh, it would be really appreciated. I'm not going to put it anywhere. So, good luck finding me. Please don't. <laughs> Did you, you cut off for a second on, on the FaceTime. Did you did you actually give your address away? No. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Shh, I, I was going to say. I gave yours away. Oh, all right. Yeah. I all bet right. you. Listen, our fans are so dedicated. I guarantee you, you're going to get that pizza soon. <laughs> I mean, probably because I ordered it 45 minutes ago. I don't know what you're talking about. They told I me that it would take 45 minutes to get here. So your fans if it gets here so soon. dedicated to you that they listen to this built a time machine went back in time knew okay. your order from a future episode we're gonna do a few years yeah. from now yeah. remembered it remembered this moment okay. and you're gonna get mm -hmm. that pizza like mm -hmm. right about <gasps> now oh wait oh. come in yes thank you you're, you're part of the joke now thank you so much I, i'm waiting for my tip Oh, yeah, here you go. <laughs> Tell him I'll give him a sticker. Uh, sorry, my wallet is literally empty. Angie says she'll give you a sticker, though. Who? Angie. The oh. only person I'm talking to. Wait, I thought you said Andy. I'm like, who's Andy? <laughs> Angie will give me a sticker? Yeah. I'll take a sticker. Okay, okay. cool. Yeah, I'll be expecting that. All right, I'll, I'll do. Sometime. It was ironic, though. There was a knock on your door at the same moment I went, no. <laughs> But there there was yeah <laughs> it's fine i'll just edit whenever your pizza does get here right there in that audio oh god but then you win oh yeah. man <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll just guilt you into editing
That's what I'm going to do I'll on the plane, is I'm going to edit on the plane there and back, probably. Nice. All right. It's going to be a nice three-hour plane ride. That should do it. I want to know what's on your pizza. It's pepperoni pizza. Uh, it's from it's from Mountain Mike's. Um, so it's got those... Oh, well, it doesn't doesn't really matter, but what does matter is that their pepperonis are, are the little tiny um, curved crunchy ones, uh, which are really good because, like, some pepperoni just looks like salami. And if I wanted salami pepperoni, I would have ordered salami on my pizza, you know, right? Mm. But, like, if, I want, if I'm getting pepperoni, like, I want the, the pepperonis, like, the, the crunchy little mm. little snack bites of pepperoni. It's gotcha. super unhealthy. They're, like, they're, they're little bowls of pepperoni, too. So when the mm-hmm. pizza's really greasy, they just, like, they hold it. the grease. They collect mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah, I worked at a pizza. Oh, well, excuse me. Yeah, it's... Domino's trained me real well. I, uh, <laughs> I've got everything in my bag, so... <laughs> I think this is the <laughs> longest tangent we've ever gone on. Okay. Absorb it. Not the grease. The moment. <laughs> I don't like that my laughs are audible and yours aren't because I feel like you're <laughs> winning because <laughs> it just seems like I'm not funny to you, but I can see your face on our FaceTime call and I know you're laughing, but I'm not Angie. I know you're just trying to, trying to get the fans to, I will amplify laughing, your voice <laughs> in this episode <laughs> and you will hear it. Even if it's Sadie, my dog uh, um... is also arguing with you. <laughs> oh. Can we talk about the uh, the the internet laugh? Oh, I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can do a little internet reenactment laugh. of it. Yeah, because when you when you when some when like your friend tells you something funny, um, you you actually you're like, oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like it's a it's a genuine like laugh usually. But when you see something funny on the internet and you're by yourself and you're just staring at your phone, here's what the laugh sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> yeah, it's just you... a quick breathing in and out. Yeah. <laughs> And then if it's, I feel, I like, feel like, oh, sorry. Uh, no, you go first. I didn't actually have anything to say. Okay. I, just, uh, I feel like is the default. Yeah, because then it, it just catapults you into making a decision about what you felt like. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because if sometimes there there's something that's really good and it kind of gets a, <laughs> and that's it. Like that's that's the highest form of internet laughs alone, if that's what we're gonna yeah. call it. Yeah. But for the most part, you're definitely right. Where a lot of it is just, that's it. It's just a, <laughs> maybe. It's a quick exhale. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mark down the time. I think the pizza just got here, so this is where you want to cut to. Pizza. Yeah. Just got here. I can't, no, I'm going to wait until Alan walks back in. I don't know if you will. I think you might just leave it on the on the Ooh, counter. That's sad. And it won't let me win. <laughs> <coughs> bless you see the problem with the internet laugh is if i want to make a joke about it it doesn't work because you can't hear it yeah it's it was a really quiet laugh oh wait oh. come in oh you want me to bring it in yes bye bye so we have merch Little. now uh <laughs> because also uh my cousin's girlfriend and one of my good friends allegra Levin was the one who drew our cover art for this podcast, and she is amazing, and I want her art and her store to go very far.
Same. I would also very much appreciate that. She does wonderful art. Uh, I think the picture she drew of me is one of my my favorite pieces of commissioned art mm. ever. Yeah. That was that was one of those things that we both agreed on it, whereas I was like, yes, I want to support Allegra. I love her and her art. And you were like, that is 100% not a problem. I also love it. David mm-hmm. fucking Siegel. I'm sorry, I have a commit. David, David fucking Siegel. <laughs> you are eating a goddamn pizza. Listen, if I didn't take a slice, none of the people disgusting. would have believed that I actually did this. You're disgusting. And I feel as though this, this is, is even funny This is not an ASMR podcast. Now. You're just eating a pizza into a microphone. Welcome back to ASMR. <laughs> no, okay, I'm not. <laughs> Do I'm going to reveal something to... about myself. Yeah. yeah, I actually really do get into ASMR. I'm a big fan of it. Um, Listen, I... No, I'm not even joking. Really? Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't understand all of the sound. Oh, I don't think you're chewing right now. I don't... <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I, I also have a guilty pleasure like that, except it's specifically like slime and foam videos and soap curling videos. That is a form of asmr no i know but i I don't like the noise (laughs) so wait so you just watch them like without sound yeah it's like vsmr visual (laughs) wait no wait no that's also a real thing what does asmr Um, stand for audio audio sensory Sensory. meridian response Mm. i know that because i'm into it yeah i'm into that (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've never actually met anyone else who is also legitimately into ASMR, um, or I've only ever met people who are lying to me because those videos have millions of views, uh, just like all the other YouTubers I watch, and I've met people who see them, so hmm. come out, come out wherever you are. I want to talk to my community. There's no shame in ASMR communities. <laughs> There's not. Wear it proudly. Yeah. I don't want, okay, I would say that sometimes the sound doesn't bother me. When it comes to like the foam and the slime and the foam, I already said foam, but and the foam <laughs> videos, um, but the and the ones... slime ones too. I think those. Yeah, yeah, the slime ones are part of it. Um, yeah, the foam but... ones as well. Those are good. Uh, yeah, the foam ones are fine. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, the ones I can't get behind is the people who like plug in the teeny tiny microphones into whatever they're recording with, and they shove it into the slime. Like, it's just, it's too loud, it's too crunchy, and I can't oh, that sounds... think that that hurts. Yeah, that's not slime noises, that's just like, let's make feedback, and like... Yeah, and I don't want that. Yeah, hmm. um, yeah I was playing guitar earlier today, mm-hmm. and uh, I have I have you the worst amp. Person. Sorry, I just realized that. Oh, yeah. I just like no. compartmentalized I think... every interaction I've ever had with you, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He definitely mm-hmm. likes that. Absolutely an audio person. Um, uh, yeah, like I did lights and theater, but like, I don't know. At least for for art, like, I think sound is neglected a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, people will buy TVs based exclusively on uh, how vibrant the colors are. Like, oh, these new OLED four color eight K like four thousand dollar TVs, but like. No one buys a sound system for their house. Like you, you have to be the the richest of the rich, mm. or like into audio to yeah. like have like a surround sound system in your in your house. But like they're just as expensive as a nice TV, and they're oh, yeah. not that hard to set up. And it adds 
so much to the experience of of watching a movie or a tv show like or gaming yeah or gaming or anything like you could honestly like i have had better experiences with all of those things um if or like equivalent experiences if you have really really good sound and bad visuals as if you have really really good visuals and bad audio like it's Mm -hmm. almost exactly as important but it's not thought about that way and yeah that upsets me yeah here we are recording on these these snowball omnidirectional mics yeah. they're like what 75 bucks i don't know I mean, <laughs> like they're fine they're a very good they work start. um they are i would like to upgrade like our systems and stuff like that which is something that i'm really looking forward to because i even said it if you have seen us through the website that i have i have a personal website that i post about this podcast on um it's called lifespeaksfreely.com and there's a podcast tab uh, and you can kind of get updates on that. And I try and update that frequently, but sometimes I do fall a little behind on that one. Um, but on my blog portion, I talk about this podcast in one of the blog posts. And I talked about how after recording some of these, because the way that we did this was we recorded a couple very sporadically for a long time. And then I edited them all. I had them banked on file, finished. I was done with the editing and everything. And then once I st- once we had enough, I started putting them into an upload schedule, and I knew that we were fine. We had recording schedules enough to the point where we could sustain this posting weekly. Um, but when I by doing that, I also saw our very first podcast, which hopefully you all listen to at some point, um, which is vastly different from the quality that we already have now. So episode one. And episode two and episode three, you can see our growth in just those three episodes back to back easily. And those were the three that we had done pretty early on. Um, The first episode to what we've been putting out these last couple episodes is so different. And when I was starting to upload that, as I was putting things on iTunes, that kind of thing, there was a part of me that thought we should just start later we should just scrap the first couple and pick up from where our quality starts getting to be something that i'm really really proud of and i do think you should post and you should uh, be aware of what you're proud of and you should put that out there and you should display your best self but thinking about it and the two of us specifically i know that both of us also place so much value in growth that i decided that we put work and effort into those episodes and even though They may not be the same quality as we have now or that we will have in the future. I really enjoyed what we talked about. I liked the content. I liked Mm -hmm. us awkwardly figuring out where we were. And that was really the selling point. And like I said, I do talk about this in that blog post of, I think that's how this podcast is going to go for me. And hopefully once you start picking up with the stuff too, and once we find that time in our lives, Mm -hmm. I hope that we can have that same vision where even if something does fall short sometimes, I don't want to hide that from our listeners. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that I've always had a really difficult time with is, is like, uh, when I act especially, like I will uh, usually rehearse scenes that we're going to block on that day, like a lot before we block them because I want it to like, I want to know what I'm doing before I get there and I want it to be, I want to show everyone like, the good version of what I want to do. No, I don't want anybody to see the process. Like I just want like, here is awesome work. And like, 
self-editing especially on a podcast where you are literally self-editing is so easy like it's mm-hmm. so easy to throw away all the stuff that you you didn't really like but like someone else might or like yeah there are some jokes in the first episode that even the very first time editing i did edit out because i was like "Ooh, that that didn't land that's not gonna land well like yeah you do have to be really aware of that i don't know i look forward to seeing that that difference in that growth and owning up to those mistakes me too I really want this to be, like, really good, but, like, naturally. like Yeah, and I feel like we, I would always feel like there's a part of our process that we were hiding behind a curtain if we did something like that. Yeah. Where I mm-hmm. want people to hopefully, when this is up and running and there are more than a, a hundred people per episode listening, I hope that there's <laughs> more than that, but I hope that eventually people will also look back and be able to see the first couple episodes and see just like how I have with some of my favorite podcasts now of whoa that was their first episode that's that's rough yeah. um yeah like we're still college students like we don't have the money for tons of super high tech mics and right now like this is a really good setup for us like this is, yeah this is honestly pretty good like yeah yeah and we're really lucky to have that it, it kind of reminds me of the conversation we had um a couple weeks ago with the youtube episode where it's like we're starting in a world where everything's already much more advanced than we can pick up at and yeah i don't think that we should hide that and instead we should show like it's gonna happen but you're also gonna move forward there's the message we don't have to be groundbreaking we don't have to have the the deepest most intense meaning like we can just like fluff is the risk like mm-hmm. the this this cool fun like we're just talking to each other like there's no real point but like it's fun and people listen to it and like mm-hmm. we, we get to see the growth like yeah that's that's what that's what i want to create like this is it's a comedy podcast that's not really comedic but the yeah. happenstance <laughs> works out i yeah like I... I say some funny things and like angie tries to be funny okay all like... right that's enough <laughs> <laughs>